Hello, you're listening to the Voice Over Hour podcast, Season 2, with special sponsors, Audient, Studio Spares, Black Cat Music Studio Bricks, Hindenburg, and Sennheiser. My name's Rachel Naylor, and I'm your host. I've been a voice actor for over 20 years, working in all areas of voiceovers, including video games, commercials, promos, and narration. I'm editor of The Buzz magazine, founder and director of The VoiceOver Network, and I'm also a multi-award winning entrepreneur. The VoiceOver Network is the number one place for voiceover professionals to get the best training, help, support, opportunities, and access to an amazing supportive community. We are all about helping, supporting, and strengthening the voiceover industry. The VoiceOver Hour podcast? Well, it takes you behind the scenes in the voiceover industry, sharing stories, insights, and so much more. They'll be dropping every Tuesday. They'll be up to an hour long, some more, some less. I'll be talking to some fantastic experts in our industry, including voice actors, agents, producers, and casting directors. They'll be sharing their stories, as well as information and advice to help you with your voiceover journey. I started the VoiceOver Network seven years ago because I wanted to create a safe place for voiceover professionals to come together, to help and support each other, to get the right information and to strengthen this incredible industry we work in. The VoiceOver Network is a global community of voiceover professionals and I'm so proud of what we've created. I want to empower you on your journey. Hello, everybody. Hello, and welcome to the VoiceOver Hour podcast. It's great to have you all joining us today. Now, we've got a very special podcast guest for you today. I'm really, really excited to introduce Julie Williams. Now, Julie is an incredibly well-established voiceover artist, having worked with amazing clients, which include Pizza Hut, Pampers, Coca-Cola, Disney World, and many more. Julie works tirelessly in long-form narration and is host of VoiceOver Inside podcast too. Finally, Julie has and continues to coach students all around the world too. So welcome, Julie. Thank you so much, Rachel. It's it's great to be here. Finally, we meet, well, you know, voice to voice. Yes. It's, yeah, fantastic to, to have you on the podcast and to meet you and uh, to be chatting to you today. I'm really, really excited to, yeah, to hear more about your amazing story and your journey. Um, so just getting started, how did you get started in the voiceover industry? I was in radio and uh, I discovered early on that, oh, I mean, we all know radio doesn't typically pay very well. And I discovered early on that I could make money on the side voicing commercials. Yeah. And uh, then once I got into doing, you know, production at a radio station, I realized that I was better at that than I was at being on the radio. Um, I still got great jobs in radio and moved up. I did radio for 38 years. But, um, you know, at, at, towards the end, uh, uh, particularly my last 12 years or so, I was at K-Love Radio Network, 30 million listeners. And, uh, and they're uh, online. They're the largest Christian radio network in the world. But uh, we had oh, I don't even remember, hundreds of stations all over, um, all over the U.S. And um, yet I considered myself, uh, despite the fact that I was in a very high profile position, I considered myself a voiceover talent who did radio on the side rather than a radio person who did voiceover on the side. Yeah. Um, 
and I, you know, I, you, you just get to the point where you can't work two full-time jobs anymore. And yeah. I had to choose me. And so I yeah. left the radio station and have been doing voiceover. Well, I've been doing voiceover full-time all along, but I've been doing voiceover exclusively um, for like nine years. But I've been doing voiceover for close to 50. Wow. Wow. I know that's a long time. <laughs> yes. I'm glad my voice hasn't changed, or at least not by much, because I, I can still fall in the, the middle-aged group. Yeah. And it's so, I always find it so fascinating finding out, you know, how people came into voiceovers and it, it generally, I mean, mostly it's either via acting or via broadcasting. I mean, there yeah. are the other exceptions. So, you know, there are people who come in via, you know, being a pilot or a teacher, but, um, but those are the two, the generally the two camps. Uh, and it's always so interesting. And I always think broadcasters, you guys have something. So I came via the acting route, but you have much more tech skills, I think, generally. Yes. We'll, we'll typically have uh, more tech skills, but what I found in, in radio is, is because we always did uh, radio commercials in the production room, which we were never trained to do, and we learned yeah. the radio style, which sucks, and nobody wants it, and nobody wants to pay for it. Yeah. I find that uh, uh, most radio people that make the transition, I find, don't succeed, mm -hmm. and the reason is they're not willing to, uh, you know, like I'll coach them on something, and... And they're like, in their mind, it's like, yeah, that my way is really the right way. Yeah. And so they do it their way. And, and it's not really translating over to voiceover. Uh, you have to do what, uh, what Bo Weaver calls beginner's mind. And I think that's a Buddhist thing or it's, mm. it's from some religion. Um, you have to realize that, yes, you've done radio for 30 something years, but uh, you are a beginner in voiceover, even though you've done commercials. And so you have to have that open mind to learn the new craft. And if you're willing to do that, then all of your tech experience and a lot of your, uh, what I call um, transcending time is yeah. a skill that you've earned. And what that means is that you're in the past by assessing what you just did while you're reading. You're in the moment doing your read and you're looking mm -hmm. ahead to where you're going to go next. Yeah. So that's why I consider transcending time. And that's a skill that really can't be taught. It can only be developed. Yeah. And radio is a way that that gets developed. It's one way it's developed. And so radio people have that advantage. So they can really do well if they're willing to have beginner's mind. I love that. And it's it really it's really interesting that I was at an entrepreneur's um, conference last week and the speaker was talking about coming uh, with your cup empty. Uh, and, and, and his whole thing was that when you go to a, to a workshop, when you go to a conference, when you're listening to a podcast, go with open, openness to think that you're ready to learn. Because so often, you know, if people think that they know it all, they can't absorb any information. And we all have so much more to learn. I mean, everybody, you know, it doesn't matter how experienced you are in voiceovers, I, I believe there's always more to learn. So I love that. Um, I love your, your kind of... I agree. I am, uh, I am a big fan of continually training. And I do that I try to train well first of all I get lots of practice by working right yeah and you you learn yeah. by working and yeah. you learn by coaching <clears throat> yes but um what, one thing that I try to do is is I like to coach with other people once or twice a year yeah the reason being is number one you know my 50 years is different from their 50 years you know what I mean yeah. Yeah. um and um I shouldn't be aging myself my 40 something years <laughs> is better than it's different from their 40 something years but um 
also, I'd like to find out who the good coaches are because mm. when I find someone who coaches better than I do, for example, I used to coach commercial as well as, you know, the e-learning and the audiobook nonfiction and all this other stuff. I used to coach commercial, but I, I pretty much have developed a package now where somebody can sign up for me for long form and then <clears throat> it's with another coach for commercial because he teaches it better than I do, a lot better than I do. Yeah. So I yeah. can't take people's money to teach them something. Yeah, I can take them there, but I can't take them there like he can. Yeah. And yeah. so, you know, you, you just have to do what's best for the students. Yeah, definitely. And, definitely. and sometimes that's not you. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, it is that, that thing about coaches and, and, and teachers that, you know, there are so many wonderful ones out there. Um, so, yes. And we're, you know, I'm always happy to, to recommend guys. So, um, but yes, fantastic. And so I know there will be lots of people listening who are working voiceover artists. And this is always, I think it's always an interesting question. What do you, as you teach as well, um, but what do you think the key is to being a successful voiceover artist? Uh, you have to continually be growing. Yeah. Um, you have to continually be training. Now, that said, I know some, especially some newbies that have been taking classes for three years and they haven't really launched themselves to get out and start to get work. And I just, you know, that's spinning your wheels. Yeah. I mean, you need to get enough training where you're where you are uh, ready to com be competitive enough, not maybe with the top people in the industry, but with some people in the industry to where you can take your demo and then get work, you yeah. know, and then start paying for your training, you know, um, particularly because and, and I'm not a CPA. I don't know if it's still this way, but in the U.S., um, it used to be that the IRS, the Internal Revenue Service, as far as assessing taxes, would call it a hobby if all you did was trained and you didn't get any income from it. Mm. You know, uh, so if you were to get out and get a couple of jobs, then all of that training is tax deductible. Yeah. But, uh, but, I mean, that's the way it used to be. I do not know if that's the way it is now because I'm not a CPA. I, I, my CPA does everything. And, and that's not an issue I have to worry about because I've been making money at voiceover for decades and decades. Yeah, But uh, one of the things that I do, which can help people like that and people who've been doing voiceover for a long time, is I have a free strategy session. And what we do is we assess people's goals and we go over, uh, you know, where have you been? What have you done? Where are you now? Where do you want to be? What are yeah. the obstacles and how do you overcome them and, and refine your focus? And then based on that, it's not difficult for me to either come up with a coaching package with me and other coaches or refer them to coaches. Mm -hmm. Like if they wanted to voice video games, I know who to send them to. Uh, you know, if, if they want to do TV promo, I know who to send them to. I don't have packages for that, but I know who does, you know. Um, and then if they want marketing, you know, I can help them there. So, yeah. and the other thing that I think people need to learn, and this isn't just people, uh, this doesn't really apply to people, I don't think so much who have been doing voiceovers forever as those who've been doing it for like maybe less than five years. And that is that voiceover is not just a talent, it's a skill. Yeah. So it's not about the voice, which the, the seasoned people already know that, um, but beginners don't. Uh, and it's, it's not about the voice. It's what you do with it. Yeah. Like even Liberace had to have a piano lesson. Mm, yeah. And if you look in basketball, Michael Jordan, possibly the greatest ever in the world, you know, of all time, was very, very talented. But he also was skilled. Mm. Larry Bird, an incredible player, didn't have Michael Jordan's talent. 
but he worked harder than anybody else doing more practice shots than anybody else and became incredible with his skill alone. And so, you know, if you have a little bit of a struggle to start, I don't ever tell a student, I'm not going to smash anybody's dreams, but I will, I will tell them, cause you have to be honest. I will say, you know, it is going to take you, in my opinion, a little bit longer uh, and you're going to have to work a little bit harder to get to the point where you're making money in voiceover. Yep. Yeah. So, um, you know, obviously I can't, I can't promise anybody work, but then there are other people who I can say to, I don't see any reason why you wouldn't be winning auditions in the near future. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Without promising work. But commitment can take you there if you're willing to build the skills rather than just settle for the status quo. Somebody on my VoiceOver Insider, um, VoiceOver Insider Connect Facebook page, we've got 6,100 people there. And one guy got on there one time and said, if you need coaching, you're not good enough for VoiceOver. And I'm like, Aww. good luck to you, you know. Um, uh, that's but, someone with their cup full. They've got their and, cup full and they're not letting anything in. Isn't that? Yeah. 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 And I had posted something about, uh, you know, what to do with your time when you're having a bad month, you know, mm. which was, it's just basically marketing yourself. So next month's a good one, you know? Yeah. yeah. Now you finally have the time. If you don't have the money, you have the time. And another guy got on there and said, you should never have a bad month. If you ever have a bad month, then you shouldn't be in voiceover <laughs> and I'm thinking wow. my bad month is probably better than your good months. So. <laughs> yeah. And that's, yeah, that's it. I think, um, I mean, a bad month is relative. It's uh, to me yeah. in my, in my mind, it's a below average month. Um, especially since we tend to, uh, our lifestyle tends to, you know, meet up with our income. And so, yeah. you know, if you make twice as much as somebody else, you probably live twice the lifestyle. I mean, you know, that's not always true, but until yeah. you're in seven figures, I think it might be. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and how do you, I mean, I know a big part of voiceovers, uh, I mean, there's, we've got lots of wonderful things happen, like when we book jobs and we work with amazing clients, but there is also the other side of voiceovers, which is something that we all have to deal with, you know, constantly is rejection. How do you, do you have a way of, of, of coping with rejection or, or yeah, what do you do with that? Um, I do an audition. Because uh, I know, I mean, yeah. there are a lot of people on pay to place that are getting rejected all the time, but yeah. they're not really being rejected. They're just not being chosen. They could have been the true. second choice. Yeah. Re Rejection is not a great word, is it? <laughs> but well, it is true because that's how you feel. Yeah. But I don't ever feel that because I audition for something, I walk out of the studio and then I forget I did it. Nice. And so then when I get the job, it's, you know, the check comes in, it's a present from the mailman. You know what I mean? Mm. Uh yeah, I mean, obviously, well, most of my, uh, I, I get some work through agents, but most of my work I get from my own self-marketing and I have them pay me in advance by PayPal. So I'm not waiting for a check to come in. Yeah. And it's not because I don't trust them to pay, although that can be an issue. Um, but uh, sometimes um, they want, you know, uh, they want their job tomorrow, yeah. but they're going to pay you in, uh, in 90 days, you know, yeah. and that doesn't work for me. Yeah. And uh, so in having them pay in advance, which people are used to doing online for stuff anyway, at this mm -hmm. point, having them pay in advance, I don't have to deal with an accounts receivable. And that's one less thing that my uh, bookkeeper has to deal with. 
I love that. Oh my gosh, I'm totally going to take that. Take that on now. I'm going to do your way. The Julie way. Let's do the Julie way. That's awesome. Wonderful. Amazing. That's right. And and another great, uh, I, I just started using this one on my website uh, as we develop a, a voiceover store, um, is taking Stripe. And yeah. what Stripe does is it, it puts it, they can use a credit card and it puts it straight into your checking account. Nice. So you don't have to, you know, go to PayPal and transfer it over or, or wait mm. three days uh, or pay them if you want it immediately. You know what I mean? You don't have to yeah. deal with any of that. Uh, I, I don't know how long it takes. I think it's fairly immediate that it gets yeah. into your checking account. Nice. Awesome. Great tips. Great tips. Wonderful. Well, we'll come back in a minute and we're going to talk more about the business side of voiceovers. Uh, but right now, we're just going to take a short break to hear about our amazing sponsors. This podcast is sponsored by Audient, Studio Spares, Black Cat Music Studio Bricks, Hindenburg, and Sennheiser. Today's episode is powered by the Audient ID14 Mark II. Audient has become a key player within the recording world, boasting a competitive range of studio essentials. Find out more by heading over to audient.com. This podcast is recorded using the Imperative Audio Portable Vocal Booth and is sponsored by Studiospares.com, the UK's best single-source pro audio supplier, offering up to 20% discount on selected products to the VoiceOver Network members. Black Cat Acoustics, proud to be the UK distributor for the Studio Bricks VoiceOver Booths. Sennheiser supports you in your voiceover production with great sounding microphones and headphones. They are ideal for natural recordings and critical monitoring applications where they ensure that your voiceovers make the difference. And finally, I want to tell you about Hindenburg Narrator, intelligent and intuitive software editing to solve your most common audiobook narration challenges. From uneven levels and noise reduction to ACX and Findaway validation. Download your exclusive Vaughn 60-day trial and $50 discount code at hindenburg.com forward slash voiceover network. Okay, so now we're back. Do you have demo advice for those who are listening? Yes, don't produce your own is the number nice. one. Yes, absolutely. Um, and, uh, you know, we can tell. Uh, I remember one person who, when I was teaching at the, um, the, the voice conferences in L.A. way back when, when they used to do them like 2012 or something, uh, they assigned me an assistant. And he basically followed me everywhere and did everything I needed. And he handed me his demo, so I listened to it. And I told I, I mean, it reeked of radio. I could, I could tell it was produced in a radio production room. And I just said, you know, this was produced in a radio production room. It's not going to fly. Not in the professional voiceover world. Yeah. You know, everybody's going to know. Uh, and so what I suggest is when you're doing demos, like some people say, you need a separate e-learning one, then you need narration. Now, a lot of times, because of budget, I'll put together a narration e-learning one. And I say, you know, here's the narration one. And when you go for an e-learning job, just take the e-learning and edit it to the top. Yeah. 
So the first thing that they hear is what they're looking for. And now you've got two demos out of it and you just paid for one. That's what I tell them. But the other thing is, here's how you decide how many demos to have or which demos to have. First, you, you know, you have to know what you want to work in. But uh, every, every, not every genre, but a lot of genres have a different audience you're sending it to. Yeah. So if you're if you want an audiobook, they don't want to hear your commercials. And if you want to do commercials, they don't want to hear your audiobooks. Yeah. Yeah. So you have to have a commercial demo. That's a given. And I'll explain that in a second. Um, and then for audiobook, you've got to have like nonfiction, fiction, science fiction, depending on what you want to work in. If you do erotica, you have to do erotica. If you do yeah. children's books, you have to have a children's demo. And then you have to do research with the clients to find out what kind of books they produce and send them those demos. Uh, e-learning, it's good to have a separate demo, but you don't have to because, you know, a lot of times uh, e-learning jobs sound like narrations when you're when you're just doing the middle of, you know, slide 1.3. Yeah. Um, and, and TV promo and radio imaging for those, you each need a separate demo. And again, they're going to different audiences. So you can send all of your demos or, you know, uh, commercial and narration and e-learning, you know, uh, some people have separate explainers. I do, um, you, you can send all of those to say advertising agencies, but uh, if they just specialize in e-learning or they specialize in a specific thing, then you need a demo that's just that specific thing. Yeah. So that's my advice on demos is to have uh, to get it professionally produced. Yeah. Um, and uh, and remember that it's your calling card. It's your primary marketing tool. Don't skimp on it. Don't just mm. go for the budget. Yeah. Because, you know, everybody and his brother thinks they're great at it. And a lot of them are just people who came from radio. And you're, again, you're going to get one that sounds like it was put together in a radio production room. Absolutely. And it's investing. You know, you are, you know, I say this to people all the time, but voiceover artists are businesses. You're a small business. You're an entrepreneur. And you need to invest in yourself. You need to invest in your business. Um, and your demo is you know, that is the most important thing really to invest in. I mean, obviously, invest in yourself and your training. That's probably, I would say, number one. But uh, invest in a demo, having great voice reels, show reels, demos. Um, yeah, it's super, super important. Yeah, if Wonderful. you do that before yeah. coaching, then uh, then of course you've oh, got yes. the, the cart before the horse. Yes. But um, coaching first, coaching first, guys, coaching workshops, training first, then demo. Absolutely. And it's good to have the person who coached you do your demo because they know you, they know yeah. what your strengths are, they know what your weaknesses are. They're not just someone who's going to get generic scripts. Yeah. And possibly use the same scripts for everybody, which some of the yeah. top demo producers actually do. Yeah. And that's not cool. But um, yeah. also just, just on that, just guys who are listening. Yeah. Make sure that the, the scripts that you use are, you know, haven't been used before because it is awful when the script has been used in lots of different demos. And, you know, a producer or an agent will hear that script and they'll know that it's come. You know, they know where it's come. And it's yeah, it's just not not cool. And some of the uh, demo producers I know expect you to come up with the scripts. And wow. if you're not the expert, you're paying for their expertise. They yeah. need to come up with the scripts. Yeah. And then yeah. uh, what I do is I come up with the scripts and then I send it and say, is there anything that you're not comfortable with? Or is there a script maybe that, that you have or a yeah. concept that you have that you would like to add to it? I can write it or you can write it or, you know, however you want to do it. 
Because yeah. every demo is individualized. I recently did one uh, with somebody who is a uh, an instructor in laughter yoga. Believe it or not, there's uh, certified laughter instructors yoga. in <gasps> laughter yoga. <laughs> and they just basically, she teaches laughing and they laugh all different kinds of laughs and it's therapeutic. <laughs> and who knew, right? And so we, when we put her demo together, um, we, I, I wrote a script for the first one that says, you know, arguably the most contagious of all, you know, contagions or whatever it was, you know, mm. is laughter and she's yeah. laughing in it. She says it and then she laughs. And, and then I have another one where she has kind of a sarcastic laugh in it because that's what the concept, you know, leads towards. Yeah. So that was customized to her because that, that's her thing. Now, not everyone had laughter in it because she doesn't have to laugh in every script. Mm. But we just, we kind of, we had two spots in there that did have laughter in it out of like five or six. So um, that, that really helps. And then one other thing, getting back to the money is a lot of times when people are new in the business and they're not, they don't have capital to start a business, which I think is a mistake. If you're undercapitalized, that's why businesses fail, but they think their voice is capital enough, but they also don't understand the difference when you're in a business between an investment and an expense. Yes. yes. And an investment is the demo and an, expe- uh, an expense is, is office supplies. You know, yes. I mean, expenses are, are, you know, necessary, but you can cut the budget there. Yep. Investments, yep. you don't cut the budget on because investments are income producing activities, whether it be yep. a financial investment or, uh, or, or, a practicing investment, you know, uh, and I tell people to focus. I work, you know, with my people, I'm, I'm a, I'm a whole voiceover life coach. So I work on productivity, uh, basically whatever they need. Um, in the free assessment, we determine, you know, what their needs are. And as we go along, we determine their needs. And, um, and so, you know, there might be a time management thing where one of the things I'll teach is, is really keep track of what are your uh, income producing activities, because it's really easy to walk in the office and get uh, tied up with uh, organizing the shelf, you know, um, yeah, yeah. and you think you worked because you got busy. You think you worked all day when the truth is, you know, you really didn't work. Yeah. You were just, you were doing busyness, not business. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, and, and people have to learn that a lot of them were employees all their lives. And, you know, so they don't necessarily know how to run a business. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Oh, absolutely. Um, and, and how do you, how do you stay kind of motivated? You know, um, with my coaching, I'm motivated by their successes. And, and I get to know the people and I like the people and, and I get to know that I made an impact. My, uh, my mission statement is to honor God by making sure that my students and my clients um, get more out of our relationship than I do. Oh, that's and uh, I know that that students are clients as well, but I differentiate them because they're different mailing lists and, you know, yeah. and because they're coming to me for different things. Um, voiceover itself, I don't really have to get motivated for sometimes. Uh, Marketing myself in voiceover ends up at the bottom of the priority list, which it shouldn't. Yeah. Um, but I've got so many repeat customers, especially through e-learning, that you know I've I've gotten away with it. And because I've gotten away with it, I don't do what I should do. Yeah. Um, because I'm spending more time coaching, which uh, which pays less money than doing actual voiceover, and 
maybe taking that hour and marketing yourself rather than working with somebody else. Um, But uh, the other thing you need to stay motivated is goals. Mm, You know, um, if you're just kind of floundering, you know, uh, maybe I'll do this kind of voiceover and maybe I'll do that kind of voiceover and, Mm. you know, I'll take this class and that class and that class. Well, you're, you're kind of preparing a foundation maybe, which is necessary some, a lot, but, but you've got to then set a goal to go toward it. And, and and that's what I work on. Um, I, I take, I take people who are stagnant in their careers, whatever their level, uh, uh, you know, they're, they're working, but they'd like to work more. Uh, they're not getting the auditions or they're brand new. And then I help them build momentum with um, strategies for success that they can they can build independence, like quit the day job if they want to, um, with with uh, pr- proven performance techniques uh, yeah. in performance and productivity and you know marketing and whatever it is that they need. And and I don't do it all, but I'm kind of like the hub that farms them out to the right people to help them here and there, so they don't end up getting screwed by some of the companies that are out there that we all know, but we can't yeah. we can't tell. Yes, you know oh, because there's. Because we'll get sued for it. Yes, no, absolutely. And I mean, the, you know, goal setting is so, so important. And I, I'm, I like you, you know, I'm always telling people uh, about goal setting. And it's actually, it's a really hard thing to do as well. It can be really difficult because I feel like people have to, you have to kind of go internally. You have to start thinking like, what do you want? But I do absolutely guarantee you guys, you know, if you feel like you're you're floating or you're drifting, if you commit and you make some some big goals and I'm I'm a big believer in like going big like go for something super super big uh, and then you you, then you commit and, and you'll feel yourself being driven along by this commitment, by this, by this excitement in your stomach um, you know and, and you know you hear from lots of top voiceover artists people like Bob Bergen who you know Bob Bergen's big thing was he wanted to be the voice of Por- 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 Porky Pig um, and he completely committed and dedicated himself and he made it happen. Uh, and I believe that for all, all of you out there, if you, if you, you know, sit down, take some time, figure out what it is you want for your life, for your career, make that, make that commitment. And it can change as well. Like I often say to people, you know, look, you, you know, it's not like you, you don't have to tattoo it on yourself, but yeah, you're not a quitter. <laughs> if you, if you change your goals, you're not a quitter. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You might decide that you don't like certain things when you thought you would. Yeah, yeah, um, and then of course, then when you when when you get that goal and you tick it off, it's like, oh, what now? Now you set another goal and you go for another thing and you reach higher and oh, it's it's yeah, it's exciting and, and it's it's what gets you up in the morning, guys. If you're, you know, it's what fire the put that fire in your belly. And one of the things that I have discovered, uh, I, I'm a martial artist. I'm a third degree black belt. Are you? Are you? Yes. And, and one of the things I discovered through my, my goal setting in martial arts was one year I decided I'm going to lose 50 pounds. And that year I lost 45 pounds and I felt like a failure. And in what universe is 45 pounds a failure? (laughs) I mean, it, it isn't, but it was my perspective. So I, uh, I suggest using goals that you cannot fail at unless you choose to, which would be, um, task oriented goals that are within your control as opposed to results oriented goals. So instead of saying, I'm going to make $50,000 this year, say, I'm going to contact this many people a week and I'm going to spend this much time auditioning and I'm, you know, uh, I'm going to contact X number of agents and I, you know, 
do this much research, you know, whatever your income producing activities are, yeah. uh, you know, I'm going to take this many workshops and I'm going to focus on this. And, you know, because those are the things that you can control. The yeah. money just comes. Yeah. The weight loss comes when you do what you're supposed to do. And if yeah. it's 45 pounds instead of 50, so be it. Yeah. I mean, if you make 45,000 instead of 50,000, that's not a failure. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, but Absolutely. but you you set yourself up and you're not going to succeed every day. But the next day you just pick yourself up again and there'll be some days that you don't want to work. So take a day off. Yeah. You know, unless you've got the things, you know, but don't do that too much, too often. Yeah, no. no. Especially if you're full-time in voiceover because, you know, you got to pay the bills. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, I love your whole ethos on that. And it is, it's really interesting because people, you know, talk a lot about success and what does success mean and, 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 and kind of place success as like a destination. Like you're going to, one day you're going to be successful and then da, 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 everything will be easy from then. And, and that's not what success is. I, I really believe success is massively about the journey. It's about moving forward. It's about, you know, putting the work in and, and, and doing a little bit every day and, and yeah, making, making amazing things happen. Um, right. But yeah. It's not just about kind of suddenly arriving somewhere. Yeah. I am. Uh, I, I've been doing this for decades and I still have to audition. You know, I mean, yeah. it's, yeah. it's, it's, you're, yeah. you know, you still have to do the work to get the work. Yeah. Um, so that's one thing to remember. And, and the other thing is when it comes to goal setting, you need to refine your focus. You can't have six goals. Uh, yeah. Not six major goals. You know, I mean, it's just not going to, uh, it's just not, you're not going to make it. You're diluting your focus and yes. then you get diluted results. So I'll take a major goal, maybe two for the year, and then I'll break it down to quarters. Yeah. What do I want to get done this quarter? Because it has to get done to achieve that goal. So I know what's going to need to get done to achieve the goal. I put it in quarterly. Then I put them in monthly, the different tasks. And then I put them in weekly. And then on my weekly appointments, uh, on my weekly task list, I plug them in to daily. Yeah. And then, yeah. you know, you nice. don't ever get everything done. You, over, over us, you always overestimate what you can do. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you just move it forward to the next day. But you know that you've got to get this done. If you don't have this done by this month or by the end of the quarter, um, you're not going to be on track. You have to work twice as hard, run fight twice as fast in order to get that goal by the end of the year, if that's what's important to you. So specific Amazing. goals and specific tasks to reach that goal and then apportioning those tasks out. Then you never walk in the studio or in the office and say, uh, okay, now what? Wonderful. Amazing advice. Thank you so much. Um, and, and so what advice would you give to a younger you? Oh, to a younger me? Listen yeah. to what my agent in Houston said when I sat back waiting for work to come in. And this is when I was 20 years old. Uh, I sat back waiting for work to come in rather than uh, she told me to go, go around. And this was, you know, everything was local back then. Um, and, and she gave me a list of people and said, go around and introduce myself to them and all that. And I was like, I just kind of blew that off. And, uh, you know, because I was still getting work, right? Yeah. Um, but how much more could I have gotten if I were mature enough to understand that, you know? Absolutely. And so that's probably the number one thing I would say is, you know, you got to work it. Don't just sit back and waiting for, waiting for success. You don't get discovered in this yeah. business, no matter how good your voice is. You, you know, people get discovered through their marketing for decades, you know, and, and then they become an overnight success after 30 years of marketing themselves. <laughs> so true. So true. So that's what I would, I would tell a younger me. Nice.
Wonderful. Amazing. Well, thank you so much. And you have a book. Let's t- let's uh, it's, it's actually not a book. It's an audio book. And I want to give you one to give away. Uh, yes. It's proven techniques for voiceover success. And um, this is this is kind of like my signature training or well, actually teaching medical is what I'm known for because a lot of people teach other performance. But uh, the proven techniques for voiceover success, I teach probably something like 40 techniques. And um, and th- I did a workshop in Seattle. Uh, it was a two day workshop. And this is day one, and it was hours long, uh, probably eight hours for that one day. Um, and I've edited it down to an abbreviated version where you can hear some of the students and the, cr- the critiquing of them, and, but obviously you don't have to listen to everybody. Um, but the teaching is there, and some of the critiquing is there, and it's, it's basically the stuff that I coach privately, uh, except when you do it privately, then you get the feedback that you need. You know, people don't go to private coaching necessarily for information. Yeah. Um, you can get information on YouTube at Google, right? They, yeah. they come because they need uh, implementation and guidance. Yeah. Um, and, and so that's, that's what this gives. It's, it's at least three hours. I don't know exactly. Somewhere between three and five hours long. Um, and, uh, I'll send you the link, the download link to, to give away, um, in, in whatever way you want to give it away. Um, and then I also want to remind people, I have a free strategy session. If you want to email me at Julie at voice hyphen overs.com. And that's the one where we go over where you've been, where you want to be, how to get there. And I give you resources uh, if I can help you. And if not, I send you to someone who can. Amazing. And do you have a last piece of advice to share with everybody? Um, the, the biggest one is probably um, uh, treat it as a business. Yeah. No matter how talented you are, you know, you're just going to sit home as the most talented person in the world not working if nobody knows about it. And so, you know, you're never above marketing yourself. And, and don't get full of yourself either. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Yeah. You know, yeah. the people who do the best are the ones like when I came into this business, I didn't have any confidence. And I used to have to really talk myself up and just say, you know, they wouldn't have hired you if you weren't the right one. And and they hired me time after time, you know, but I just uh, competence builds confidence. And as you get success, you'll get confidence. But along the way, you'll also listen to advice. If you get full of yourself, you're going to feel like you already know it all. And uh, you're not going to listen to advice. And why reinvent the wheel? Uh, Like, you know, somebody else's 40 years of experience is different from my 40 years of experience. Yeah, I've been in this 40 years. But that doesn't mean there's nothing I can learn that they've already learned. So be open to that. Amazing. Thank you so much, Julie, for being a guest on the VoiceOver Hour podcast today. Oh, thank you for having me. It's been wonderful. Thank you for listening to the VoiceOver Hour podcast season two, brought to you by the VoiceOver Network with special sponsors, Audient, Studio Spares, Black Cat Music Studio Bricks, Hindenburg, and Sennheiser. My name's Rachel Naylor. Thank you so much for joining us. Make sure you check out our next episode, bringing you more behind-the-scenes stories in the voiceover industry.